Welcome back to the All in a Homeschool Day podcast, where we discuss all aspects of homeschooling so that you feel equipped and ready to homeschool with confidence and joy. In today's episode, we're talking all about assessment and how you can know how your child is progressing in your homeschool. I will tell you exactly what we do and how we approach assessment in our home. Now, before we actually dive into the details about assessment, we need to talk about what are you trying to achieve? How are you going to set that standard for your child? I start by looking at our homeschool mission statement. That way I know what goals we're trying to achieve, what we want to accomplish in our homeschool. If you've not taken that time to write out your homeschool mission statement, to write out why you're homeschooling and what you want to achieve, what a successful homeschool looks like to you, I would encourage you to do that. I'll leave a link in the show notes to a post that has six questions that you can answer to write your homeschool mission statement. So once you have that mission statement and you know what you're trying to achieve, how do you know if your child is making progress? Well, I like to implement homeschool exams. Now, We've not always done this in our homeschool. There have been many years that we just would read through the books. My children would narrate as we went. And at the end of the year, I mean, I was so involved in their lessons that I knew exactly what they had accomplished. So why did I need to do exams? But I have since learned that there are some really great benefits for exams for our children. Now, when I'm talking about exams, I'll tell you exactly how I do this in a minute, but I am not talking about the multiple choice, true, false, fill in the blank type questions. Those serve a purpose. They're very objective measures. You can see how a child compares to others. You can see if they've learned the material that you want them to learn. So there, there is a, a time and a place to use those. But what I'm talking about are open-ended essay type questions. And yes, you can use these with your younger children too. The reason that we use the subjective measures is that I want to know what my student has learned. That is the first reason why I implement homeschool exams. I want to know exactly what my child has learned, not what she has learned. learned that I want her to learn and what she does not know. I want to know what she did learn. I want to know what she connected with throughout the term. Whenever I ask her these open-ended essay type questions, such as tell me everything you can remember about the church's involvement in the medieval era, I can know exactly what she remembers from her reading. And that's that's what my daughter is reading about right now is the medieval era. And she's been learning a lot about the church's influence and how it functioned during that time and the role that it played. So one of her exam questions uh, will be about, tell me what you remember about the church's involvement during the medieval time. That type of question will look different if you have younger children or older children, and we'll get into that in just a minute. The second reason that I like to implement homeschool exams is that it confirms that long-term retention. So I can know that my child was paying attention during a reading because she was able to narrate back to me what she read at the end of that reading, but does she remember it 
several weeks or several months from now. We do homeschool exams at the end of every term. I typically schedule two terms of content, but we do have three terms each year. And at the end of each term, we will have a week of exams. I'll leave a link in the show notes for a post about how we schedule our homeschool calendar and how I work these weeks into our school year. Now, the third reason that I like implementing homeschool exams is that it enhances my ability to assess my child's progress. I can see exactly how my child's connecting with the readings. I can see what she needs to work on. What did she not quite get? Is there an area that she's not understanding and so we need to spend some more time on it? Is there something that she found really interesting that maybe we want to dive deeper into? As I evaluate the exam answers, I can then decide based on her individual strengths and weaknesses how I need to adjust our future plans. And finally, it prepares my children for the real world. If you think back to your time in school, whether it was in a public school, in your elementary or high school days, or it was in college, you will be taking exams. If you were in a profession, where you have to have continuing education or certifications, you are taking exams. So by allowing my children to experience this now, I'm helping to prepare them. They have some stress related to the exams, and that stress is really good so that they, it's a safe environment and uh, it's fairly low key, but they still feel the need to do their best. And they kind of have that, that test anxiety, so to speak, where they're getting used to that now instead of getting uh, later into a testing situation such as the college entrance exams or in a college classroom, whether that's through dual enrollment or when they're actually in a college or vocational setting, that they get that practice now and they're not bombarded with it later. The other thing that I like about these types of exams is that it allows my children to be comfortable answering essay questions because that is a lot of what they'll have in college. And then later in life, they'll need to be able to communicate what they know and in a way that others can understand. And so these essay questions really prepare them for life in the real world. All right, so that's why we use homeschool exams, and especially these essay type exams. So how do we actually do that? How do we implement these in our homeschool? Because I do not want you to have one more thing that you're thinking, great, Crystal, now I need to add that into my schedule. Just make this a part of your routine. If you are not doing this, let me walk you through a step-by-step process of how I implement these into our homeschool. I allow a full week for our exams each term when I'm planning our school year. I mentioned that we only have two content terms, but we do have three terms each year. And I talk about that on the homeschool calendar post. But that is what works well for our home because we have other things that we want to pursue, whether that's trips or outside field trips or Uh, outside classes that my children want to take. So as we work all of that into our schedule and our homeschool year calendar, I take that into consideration when scheduling these term 
exams. Whatever we cover up to that point is what's on the exam. So it could mean one year we took a four-week trip in the fall, and so they really only had a couple of weeks of content by the time we got to our term exams. So most of the exam questions for that particular term were addressing things that we had learned about on our trip or experiences that we had during that time. And then the other two terms, we were mostly home. And so the exam questions for those two terms dealt more with what they had learned through their school books. Now, secondly, have realistic expectations. This one comes from personal experience. I'm going to tell you to not do what I did. I thought, oh, I can plan to plan our upcoming term. I can work on some personal projects that I want to get done because, you know, exam week, we're going to get done early. It's not going to be like a full week of school. Wrong. Homeschool exam week takes just as much time for us as a normal week of school. It just looks different. Instead of working through lessons and reading books and doing math project, math assignments and the normal rhythm of our homeschool days, instead of doing that, they're answering exam questions. And it's going to take just as much time. It just looks different. So have realistic expectations about what those exam weeks will look like. Next, you need to compose your exam questions. And I talk more about homeschool assessment and narration and how I actually compose all of these questions in the homeschool roadmap. And I'll leave a link to that in the show notes so that you can uh, learn more about that course where I walk you through setting up your homeschool and all the things that you need to do to be successful and homeschool with confidence and joy. But the basic premise is that I look back over what we have learned through the current term, whether that's trips, field trips, outside classes, uh, school books, and, and I have let, um, exams for math, science. Every subject that we cover is fair game for an exam question. And when my children were in elementary school, I asked questions about every subject that we covered. Now that they are moving into middle school and high school, I'm revising that a little bit. So the math program has exams built in. There's midterms and finals and chapter exams. And so I let the same for the the science course. There are those exams built in. So I am taking advantage of those built-in exams for the most part, but I do still include a few essay type questions related to their math and to their science just to make sure that they are really thinking about the content because honestly, most textbook questions are not essay type questions. They are mostly true in the true false, fill in the blank, um, a little bit of essay, but really it's more of defining. And so we've not found that the exams that are built into our math and science textbooks cover enough of the essay type questions. So we'll look back over what they've learned over the past term and compose a few questions that will assess their overall knowledge. Are they connecting the material as a whole instead of just thinking about okay, this is what I have for the, the chapter, and so this is what I need to study and prepare for. Everything else 
I will compose those questions just based on what they've learned. And I'll leave them fairly open-ended, but with enough detail that they don't feel just lost of, oh, where do I start? I mentioned earlier that you can do these types of questions for all of your students. So when your students are younger, they will be doing these orally. And that gets, takes us into our next step, which is to record those exam answers. As your children are doing the oral narrations, you can have them narrate into a recording device, such as if you have a, a handheld recorder, which we had for many years, or you can use your cell phone because most of those have some sort of voice recorder app. You could also use, I've heard of some families using a program called Voxer. It's a free messaging app. You can have them vox the messages to you. That one's a little harder to keep the long-term uh, storage for that, but that would be an option. Or you can transcribe their answers as they dictate to you. We've done that for many, many years. I remember there was one time my daughter was sitting next to me. I was at my desk and she was sitting on an exercise ball, one of those uh, stability balls that you would sit on to do your exercises. Well, they loved those to use as chairs when they were younger because it allowed them to move and focus better. So I remember her sitting on that, actually on her knees, holding on to my desk and just bouncing up and down as she was narrating her answer to the exam out loud to me. And as she narrated, I was typing it up. So I have a record of what they said in their narrations, how they have progressed through the years. It's also fun to go back and listen to them. I was cleaning up some files on my computer recently and found some old exams that they were um, answering. And as we listened to them, it was just so cute. The, the three of us were all listening and we were just cracking up to hear their younger selves. And they got to hear how much they had progressed and they really, really enjoyed it. And as your children mature and gain proficiency, you can start implementing written narrations. And again, I talk about how we do that in our homeschool, inside the homeschool roadmap. But when my children are... In upper elementary school, we start implementing some short written narrations. And by the time that they are in uh, middle school and high school, they are able to do the majority of their exams as written narrations instead of needing to do them orally. I do still allow my high schooler to do some oral narrations if there's something that she wants to talk about more deeply. We have some of those too. But I also include hands-on projects. It could be a project that they have been working on throughout the term or throughout the year that could be kind of that capstone piece for that subject. Sometimes we've done that. Sometimes I've told my students, hey, go get out the air dry clay and make something that represents what you learned. There was uh, one of our homeschool exams that uh, occurred after we returned from our trip to Australia. And there were several really awesome things that we had observed during that trip, and one of which was the uh, tower bells in Perth at the Swan Bell Tower. And so I asked them to use the air dry clay to uh, demonstrate how those bells worked. They had, had a very unique ringing mechanism. So it was interesting to see how they both took that 
prompt and um, showed me their knowledge differently. They both focused on different aspects of how the bell rang. So you can have a combination of those. And I try to have, I try to uh, think through which ones would make good projects versus which ones would be good as narrations. And when they're younger, I think through, okay, which of these are they capable of doing a written narration and which do we need to keep as oral? As they get older, then it just becomes the written and the projects. Finally, you can evaluate their responses. I will actually take some time to do assessments for our homeschool and just evaluate our progress. And I'm going to talk about that next week on the podcast and what evaluations look like in our homeschool. But I, that's one of the things that I look at whenever I do our evaluations is my children's responses to these essay questions. And what have they learned? What have they connected with? What have they not connected with? What do we need to work on in terms of covering it a little differently? Do we need to adjust our learning styles? You know, is it is my child not connecting because of the way that I'm presenting the material? Or is it that we need better study habits? Do we need to change a little, something in our homeschool schedule? I can look at their responses and begin to answer some of these questions. Again, I will leave links in the show notes where you can learn more about the homeschool exams and you can learn about writing your mission statement. You can learn about the homeschool roadmap. But I hope that you can see the value in having homeschool exams in your homeschool and the how your children will benefit from that. I hope that you don't feel quite so overwhelmed in implementing them. And I want to keep this real with you. I do not want you to think that we have homeschool exams every single term, that we have three weeks of homeschool exams every year and that it all goes smoothly. Oh my goodness, we so do not. Like I said in the beginning, we haven't always done homeschool exams, but since we started doing them, we generally have at least one week of exams every year. I try to have three weeks of exams. I schedule those three weeks, but sometimes they don't happen. Sometimes I feel that the learning that we've had does not lend itself well to exams. Sometimes we end up a little time crunched and we're not able to fit those exams in. So we'll end up moving on to the next term's uh, content and then I'll cover a little bit more content in the next term's exam. And I'll be real honest, there was one year I didn't do any exams. It just, it was one of those years where it did not work out for us to have exams. But I still knew what my children were learning because I was directly involved in their lessons. Uh, we had been talking about what they had learned throughout the year. They'd been doing narrations. So I knew what they had learned. We just didn't have the formal exam time. So I really want you to take this concept of homeschool exams and implement it in your homeschool in a way that benefits your children and benefits your homeschool. Use this as a tool. Do not let this become a master that makes you feel overwhelmed, that uh, makes you think that you are not homeschooling successfully and that you're, it's just one more thing that you're not getting done. Please do not take this in that vein. I hope that you can see the benefits, though, that uh, your children will 
receive from exams as well as you, the homeschool teacher and facilitator, to be able to evaluate their progress. Until next time, I hope that you have a triumphant day and that you homeschool with confidence and joy.